This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, it's another great day for publishing and actually for authors everywhere. And that was clearly evident when we had Michael Larson, who is a well-known literary agent, saying that it has never been a better time to publish, especially for the independent and the self-publishing markets, than um, even in the last uh, five years. It's just huge explosive of how we all can do and how you can explode and be above the cloud so it's not polluted is by having a stellar design. With me is Nick Zellinger of NZ Graphics. Nick is one of the sponsors of your guide to book publishing. And he's, and I, you know, I can brag, he's done several of my books. And we, we, how many awards have we gathered, Nick? Uh, I've lost count, but it's been dozens. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. Well, th- we actually, Leah, my VA, we sat down. We, I have 30 book awards now. And a lot <laughs> of them have come um, with the guidance of Nick. So um, huge shout out to him. What we wanted to do was talk about, you know, great in, ideas for great interior layouts. Also, some of the, the litany of tasks that you're going to have to do before you get to print. And you can maintain your marbles in the process um, because Nick and I have both gone through with so many authors that it, it's the overwhelm gets to them and it doesn't have to. Would that be fair to say, Nick? I would say that you hit the nail on the head there. That's exactly right. Uh, there are just so many little pitfalls along the way that can be avoided and would uh, reduce the angst level that you have as an author and uh actually save you time and money and aggravation and and that's what's really important so let's let's figure let's where do we start nick how do we save the aggravation well you know, i mean when i talk to an author uh and and the good news is i mean the good news and the bad news is that this is actually a past year was like a record year for independent publishing i think over i think if you look at the stats you'll see something's different a little bit but it's like over a million a million books have been published, self-published mm-hmm. in the United States alone, which is an incredible, I mean, that's the encouraging news. The, the, the more, uh, you know, troubling thing is that how, you, how do you stand out in that pack? There's a million books. So I usually ask authors, what's your goal here? Uh, you know, and there's so many avenues to publish now. You can, you can do it yourself. You could go to, you know, uh, Go to uh, Amazon KDP and they'll design a cover and do your interior. Go to Lulu. You can hire somebody on Fiverr to do your cover. How do you how do you oversee that process so that you're getting what you envision? Uh, or do you hire someone like me or someone, uh, a professional designer, and, and go that route so that you have a collaboration on that? So 
I usually ask authors, what's your goal here? And, you know, and it could range anything from, uh, it could range anything from, I have a legacy book. I want a book for my grandchildren. And I expect to sell zero books, but I'm giving them away. Or I expect to sell to my dearest friends. Or I expect to, you know, I, I expect to have a bestseller. So you have to understand there are, you know, some down and dirty books you can do, you can do yourself. But if you really want to be successful as a published author and use that as a gateway to uh, a publishing career or a speaking career, you really do need to look at this as a professional enterprise and hire the right people. So that that's the way I would begin a conversation with authors. Sounds like, uh, the, I think, yeah, yeah. sounds like the same conversation mm -hmm. I have with them. You know, <laughs> you do, and, and I've learned a lot that from you. But it's but it's the same thing. You really want to keep them on. You want to keep them on a path, so that they don't go off on uh, needless tangents, and exp and spend money and time and get frust frustrated by the process because it's challenging enough to write a book, and then understand that you've got to invest time and money and effort to trust other people to guide you the way you want where you want your book to go. So you've got. You, you, lay out, you lay out a game plan. Okay, this year I'm right. The next three months I'm finishing my book. Uh, and then you bring it, to an, uh, bring it to an editor. And what kind of editing do you need to do? So you need to look at that. You need to say, why do I need a content editor? Because I don't know if I'm really going from here to you know, point A to point B. Do you need a line editor, copy editor? Uh, and in a lot of the cases, most authors need all of those functions at some point. Uh, but then you need, you know, editing is a huge pro uh, part of this puzzle, too, because, uh, you know, not just the, your book has to look aesthetically pleasing and look like it belongs on the shelves next to anything that's been published by the big New York uh, publishing houses, but it needs to read well. So you have to get out of your own way as an author and let a professional uh, guide you with, with editing. So that's a, that's a huge part of it. The other part is just budgeting. Budgeting your time and budgeting your money. What do I, what do I spend on an editor? What do I spend on a cover designer and an interior layout person? Are they the same people? Or are they two different people? Uh, what do they charge? What's the turnaround time? What do I get for my money? How much input do I get to uh, work with both both people or one person, uh, so that you have, uh, so that you're not as an author, you're not losing your vision, but also to realize that um, there are professionals out there who have been doing this for a long time and they'll they'll guide you the best way. So you need to sort of get out of your, sometimes you need to step out of your own shoes on this and let somebody guide you in terms of uh, what's the best look for your book. Uh, and we do, we do that together a lot too, Judith, with, with some yeah. of the clients we've had. Well, I, yeah, I think that one of the most important things, and I actually ended up writing a blog on this, was that people needed to get out of the way of the designer. Let the designer design. I think that's the way I started it. Let the designer design. And um, this is where I see the most screw-ups, Nick, is they have, they have a lot of ideas. And I think that you have to be really just open to see what happens. And that's why I love to, you know, when, I, when I'm working on a new book and I know that you're going to be the designer for it, I like to get you on early in the process um, so you can start noodling because sometimes it takes a while to think about which way are we going to go? What are we going to do um, on it? And it, yeah. And I, and I think the other thing is a lot of authors think that 
the the first cover should be the perfect cover. And they're really just a starting point. It doesn't, you know, that now it's time to start tweaking if there's variables in it. And I, I don't think a lot of them get that. No, it's, it, 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 I like it as a, as a conversation starter. It's, it's you know, and, or unless you get that, unless one in a million chance you get that first cover design that absolutely is, you know, a mind-blowing experience for everyone involved. But usually it is, it is a door to open a discussion where you say, here's, here's an idea. And then it, it invites the author to say, you know, that's close or that's nothing in the wheelhouse that I envision or, gee, I never thought of that before. What can we do with that to tweak that? I, I'll go to a, I'll just uh, say from a personal standpoint, I, what you just said about uh, authors getting out of their own way. I just had a client this past two, two weeks that uh, they insisted on, it's a business book, and they insisted on the cover having what their website looked like. Uh, so I looked at their website and the colors were, they weren't very well matched on a color wheel. They weren't very good. And I kind of tried to explain to them that, this is, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's nice to brand the book cover to the website or vice versa if you can do that. But this was not a good fit. I, these colors are actually uh, rather nauseating in combination. But they insisted on it. So we did a few rounds of those, and no one was pleased at all. They were actually appalled by it. I said, this is what you get when you, you know, you don't let me have some free reign on this. But it, it eventually worked out to where we, we did the same thing you mentioned. We just that opened the door for the discussion, and then we started getting some other ideas in. And then by the time uh, it was finished, uh, everyone was, was pleased with the result. Didn't look anything like their website, and I probably think they're probably changing their website just mm -hmm. because uh, it just wasn't very good branding. So. Well, you know, Nick, I know that when you and I did my book, Snappy Sassy Salty, that you actually hit the cover the first round out. It was one of those happy dances. I mean, you knew my colors yeah, I mean, and that, and it just kind of came together. And it has always been one of my favorite books. It's always been. I, I just have always loved the look and the feel and everything you did on that book. There's a real, it's a, it's a kind of a happy book. I mean, it's a book that really makes you feel good looking at it. And it was, a, you know, I wouldn't say I would like to think that I would do that every time with a client. But more often than not, it is a, pro, a pro, you know, it's a progress. You, you have to go through uh, Trial and error sometimes, uh, but as a designer, I, you're right. I, you, you need you need some time to kind of gestate and get ideas, but you also do need to do your due diligence. You need to get online. You need to look at books in that genre, so that you're not doing something exactly the same. Or what's selling in that genre? What's the best seller? How do I? How does my how does my cover stand up to that one? Uh, yeah, not that you'd want exactly. to copy it, but me want to be one better. But that research is invaluable for not just an author. But it is for designers too. Designers need to really look at everything and make sure that they're not doing something identical or, you know, copying somebody or, or you know, uh, well, just trying to get a new or a new tilt on it. So, well, I think the other thing that you've already you've opened this window. We've got one minute for our first break, but that that mm -hmm. it's important for all authors, not just the designer alone, but I think authors need to do some homework. I think, number one, you go into a brick and mortar and you look at every book that's in your genre. Have, the, have, have a bookseller on the floor just take you to the floor that if they had their book, where your book be? So you explore that. And then the second thing is, I think you get up on Amazon and then just start exploring your genre and really do you know the comparisons because 
um, your book needs to have that feel if you're trying to compete with. Yep. Yeah, so. those are the best. That's the best of time. I mean, that's time very well spent for any author and a designer too, just to research. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. First impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop sizzle and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience and your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand nick selinger of nz graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts with over 20 years of experience in graphic design he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and e-zine at thebookshepherd.com. 
your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. We're talking about how to make your book really soar, not only off the charts, but be, be the grabber, the grabber for people to pick up. So Nick Zellinger of NZ Graphics has talked about some of those tips in the previous segment. Now we're going to talk about when they open it up, what do they see on the inside? What's between the covers? Nick, back to you. Yeah, I think... Uh... A lot of the times, the focus is so much on the cover that people neglect the the little specific, uh, you know, treats and and gifts you can put on the inside of a of a of an interior. So, I mean, granted, if you're on a budget and you want to use uh, online sites that fit out, uh, you know, uh, your interior at a very low price, but you're going to get something that looks like everything else. What you what the golden rule is, you do not want your interior to look like a Microsoft Word file. It's just that that'll never, it'll never fly, never pass muster. But secrets to a great interior are for uh, your designer to take elements of the cover, little pieces here and there, maybe, and possibly incorporate them into the interior. Uh, the use of uh, a graphic as a chapter heading or perhaps a uh, grayscale ghosted back image of the cover or a scene behind the uh, chapter page itself uh, gives some atmosphere to the work. The choice of uh, the selection of fonts is crucial for books. There are, there are some really go-to fonts that designers use because they know they read well and they're, uh, they're, they're kind of standard fonts. You don't want to get too you certainly don't want to get too crazy with uh, the overuse of italics or uh, some sort of designing font. You could use that for the title, perhaps, or even the, the chapter chapter title or the chapter number. But you really want to keep your fonts handsome and readable. And you know, there's some standards, and you can go online and they'll give you the list of them. But the top, the top, I would say, the top sans serif, excuse me, serif fonts are uh, Adobe Garamond and uh, Minion Pro and uh, Adobe Caslon, uh, maybe Bakersfield. There's some real standard fonts that have been used for decades by publishers, and there's a reason for that, because they're easy on the eyes and they read, read well. Uh, but you want to set, you want to have, you want to look at your margins. If you've got like a, uh, you know, if you've got a long book, say, say 300, 400 pages, you do not want to have uh, wide margins because that text will fall into the gutter of your book and you don't want your readers cracking the spine to try to get to read on the inside of the book. So you want to have generous, generous white space. White space is your friend in the interior of a book. But going back to the bells and whistles on a, on a, on the interior, you know, you can add, uh, for instance, we on a lot of times will uh, add uh, just one small graphic element to, to lead off the chapter uh, and repeat that through there. If your book is long and you have sections. Uh, you can make or part pages. You can actually design those as a mini cover uh, to lead you into the next section of the book. And those are great for really long, long books that uh, 
uh, if they're either fantasy or fiction, or actually even business books can do that too, but business books usually tend to fall on the short side uh, these days. But the bottom line is you want a clean, crisp look, but you don't want it dreary and dull and pedestrian. So you want to make sure that you you don't use the sans, you know, you wouldn't use the sans serif like Ariel or Helvetica for body copy. No, they uh, do. You might use it for a workbook. Yeah, you see, you see them doing it for the DIYers all the time. And then there's, you know, Times New Roman, which makes me cuckoo. Um, yeah, on that. Times, yeah, Times New Roman, yeah, that's a no-no. And mainly because there's so many versions of Times New Roman out there that uh, it's almost a default font for, for mm -hmm. many applications. And if you use it in a book, you don't know what the, uh, the end user, which is the printer, they may substitute their own font in the PDF if, you know, your font is embedded in the PDF. So there's some... And we can get into some of the more uh, technical stuff uh, to get when you get an interior ready for print. But you know, aesthetically, you really do want to you really do want to marry the outside to the inside so that it's one cohesive design piece. And that's not to say that the interior of the book is frilly or you know frothy with design elements everywhere. But you just want to have enough, and so it's a finished design piece. Well, and the other plus of that, Nick, is that um, it, it adds just the right amount of eye candy. There's a break. Um, I, I think that you and I have had this discussion a lot where you pick up a book. But like if you picked up a mass market paperback, remember, the old, the, and they're still out there, of course, but the mass market it was yeah. just line after line after line after line after line after line of text. That's yep. it. That's all that. Um, and they were, you know, your fiction books were all that way. And, the, you know, that was the beach reads and all those kind of things. But the, right, but, right. but the evolution that you're talking about is like incorporating some element from the cover, maybe, that would open up a chapter. And and then there's some other variable breakouts. I, I think that one of the things, well, I know one of the things I tell authors is you need to look at a magazine. What's a magazine layout? They have multiple breaks in their articles. And that's the way books have got to have it, too. Exactly. You want to, you really are inviting the eye to rest a little bit and not make it look like you're reading. Uh, I mean, you're right, those old beach, beach novels and, and the old uh, mass-produced uh, paperbacks were just nothing mm -hmm. but line after line after line of text. And mm -hmm. that might have done well for uh, some of the, you know, Charles Dickens and the Great Expectations, which is one of my favorite books growing up. But today's reader... You know, you really want to give them a little respite for uh, reading books. And some of those little pieces, really, that they're atmospheric. They just really add a little element uh, that always kind of pings back to the cover so that you have this really great feeling that you're reading and enjoying a really crisp-looking uh, interior. So, And that's not a very difficult thing to do. It's just a question of uh, amount, and you don't want to do overkill, obviously. You want to have just enough to give it uh, that flavor so that you've got, you look at the whole thing as a finished piece of, of great art. So, Yeah, which is what I love, you know, all of that. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, yeah. I love looking at books. So um, on that. There's no, yeah, there's nothing better than opening up, in a book, opening up a book and seeing those elements. Uh, it's like you say, well, I, I really spent my money well on this you know and it's a great read and it looks great uh, i just think it, it's uh it's it's really what readers are demanding now 
I think, mm-hmm. and because you see more of it, and when you start seeing start seeing that, you want you expect it more. So I think uh, it you, uh, author really needs to rethink, like I said, their goals about what they want their book to do. I mean, if you're on a tight budget, I can understand that you may want to go down and dirty, but uh, I think if you're really hoping to sell and be very successful with your book, you know, you need to rethink that strategy and and go a little higher in class classier. I think so too. So start looking and studying books. And, and I really find here's what's the cool thing, what you're talking about is the kind of elements design that you're bringing in with your design work and, and um, a couple of the other designers that I have the pleasure to work with is that um, our book our books are different and they do set apart and we are the, the independent designers, I think are ahead of the New York publishing curb um, in, in how they're designing. A lot of them are still doing the blah, 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 blah. Um, And, and I think that that's one of the things that might be one of the contributing factors is the leap in independent and self-publishing book sales. Do you have any thoughts about that? I agree, totally agree. I mean, it is it, the com- comparison to me is the uh, traditional music publishing industry when the indie, indie record, indie, you know, indie publishers came out and they started getting away from the the mold and being a little bit more adventurous in their production and their marketing presentations, and that's that's driven traditional music publishers publishers to get you know to get back into the fold of being a little bit more adventurous. So there, there are some correlations there, but I think, um, you know, there are some younger designers that are doing some really amazing things, uh, kind of breaking out of the mold a little bit with, uh, you know, some of the graphic novels that they do or, or elements of a graphic novel on the inside. Uh, that doesn't mean to say that everyone would want to incorporate that, but there are some genres that that could actually work for really well. And of course, you've got, then you've got, you know, the other genres of, uh, children's books and then cookbooks and picture books uh they they open up an entire world of uh rethinking design and elements to that yeah which is way fun but i think yeah yeah yeah, it is really a lot of fun and then but if you uh if you're if you're writing a business book uh, and you've got like you know 10 the 10 best tips for uh you know uh, leadership or whatever uh you know business books have their own uh, feel and directive and you, you really want to keep everything very crisp and people usually people who buy business books they're uh, you know new business owners they're CEOs or presidents or corporations mm-hmm. and, they're, and they want in, they want info, they want the latest information on on how to uh, form an organizational corporation and so they, that's got to be immediate but but those elements can be also incorporated into that uh, structure of the interior that gives the gives the, you know it highlights the information and especially with business books when you've got charts and graphs uh, a lot of the books that i get that i do are business books Nick, hold on a sec hold, yeah. hold that thought we're going to take our next break and we'll all have- right is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And 
we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged event. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Alrighty, so we are talking how to make a great book that readers will not only devour, but they will buzz and talk about. And it all starts with having a fantastic cover and also the interior. So with me is Nick Zillinger of NZ Graphics. We're talking these interiors right now. And before we went to break, we were kissing on business books and some of the key elements that if, if your target market, number one, nonfiction, and is towards the business arena that you really have to do. So, Nick, where, where where did we leave off? I think the business owner, CEO, C-suite, management, leadership, right? 
Yeah, and and a lot of these uh, gentlemen or gentlewomen are they they they're reading books on the fly. In other words, they're either taking a a flight uh, somewhere, and these are books that they need to devour pretty quickly. So the information's got to be presented in a clean, clear manner. And a lot of books do have a lot of business books do have charts or graphs. Uh, the one key element to the designer is that to a designer is that uh, usually those uh, graphs are presented to you in uh, something that was created in Word or something. So they all need to be redone and redone as a consistent piece so that they all look the same, uh, whether they're pie charts or they're uh, multi-tabular um, tab matter. So you want to, you know, you want as a designer, you want to make sure that all those elements look identical. They have the same font. They have the same font size. Uh, if there's shading behind them, you keep the shading uh, consistent, uh, not get too busy with shading and not get too dark or not have so many multiple areas that have 10 degrees or 20 degrees of gray in it. So you just want to make it clean and readable, but you do want to have some of those elements where you have one of all those charts to be identical in terms of their style so that you don't, you don't have a mismatch because, uh, they'll, a reader will digest that information a lot cleaner. So if there's financial data, something like that, uh, you just keep that in mind. But they do, business books tend to be on a very crisp, clean side. Uh, they seem to favor right now, uh, covers even a lot larger elements of white space and with a, some splash of color. There are some obviously exceptions. You can see that anywhere online. But I think uh, business leaders today really like that clean, crisp, no-nonsense look because they're looking for information, but they really want the information to be presented in a, in a, nice clean manner but also you know with some really good design elements to it so we're still incorporating some of the elements from the cover onto the interior of the book for that too it's mm -hmm. the same approach it's just a different you know just a different uh, way you're doing it and a different amount of way you're doing it so well every every little bit counts right <laughs> so we, every little bit every little nuance you do every little little like you said every little eye candy here and there yeah. will make a difference in terms of uh, inviting them to read the next page, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also important just to say from the writing perspective, if that the group that Nick and I are just talking about uh, is your target market, uh, the short is better. And that the other side of it, I think that when uh, we think about the simplicity of like the cover that Nick was talking about. I think Malcolm Gladwell with the tipping point and then David and Goliath and the outliers and he has a new book coming out. He really introduced that, you know, simple back cover just with one or front cover with one, one specific image right on it. Would you say, or am I wrong on that? No, I think you're right. I think he, that, that started a trend and, and you, you can see many books that copy that direction and uh, it's still to this day I and mean, I still get authors especially business people saying I really want a crisp clean cover like the tipping point or something like that so basically mm -hmm. if you know, no one knows what we're talking about you just go online and see Malcolm Gladwell it's basically a very standard classical font style uh, and then maybe one design element whether it's a pencil mm -hmm. uh, or something uh, mm -hmm. so it's very clean and very crisp and to the point and that and you know, when you get into the interior uh, you've, you've still got that same approach, but, you know, we're, we were talking with some other uh, business people doing books not too long ago, Judith, about the length of their books and how some of them 
tend to fall on the very short side. I mean, you want to keep them short, but you don't want to keep them so short that you uh, you don't incorporate a spine on your book because that's you'll never sell a book with a, without a substantial spine with your te text on it. So you might want to think about how to fill. If you can't write more content for your book, uh, you may want to think of some fillers that we have. And usually the, the number one go-to thing are called call-outs or, or sidebars. But call-outs are pretty, uh, I would say, pretty the standard fare for fleshing out a book. And basically a call-out is just your, a repetition of something that's already in your narrative that you want to highlight. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a fact or some data or a quote or some, some sentence that you really want repeated and you just uh, introduce that as a call out in, in a different font, uh, whether it's bordered or it's centered or it's right justified, uh, something that basically adds more depth to the book and makes the book a little longer. So that's one mm -hmm. major way to make your book a little longer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I like that. You know, Nick, I would love to have you uh, talk about links um, and stuff. And, I, you know, we, we're kissing here now, but also book sizes um, and which sizes and, and maybe do we do paper or do we do hard or do we do both? And if we do both, should they both come out at the same time or should we maybe do a rollout? I'd love your your input. With uh, how many years have you been doing this? Uh, uh, you know, it's it's going on close to thirty years now that I've been doing publishing. Uh, so it's uh, become a major part of uh, my graphic design business. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've learned as I've learned as I've gone along. I've learned from you. I've learned from other publishers. I learned from uh, best-selling authors. Uh, I learned from being contracted uh, from other publishing firms. So. You kind of learn along the way, but yeah, I mean, size, your trim size of your book, I think it's pretty crucial. And I, I see a tendency a lot lately that uh, I'll ask somebody what they want. And I'll say, well, I want a six by nine. Uh, and usually those aren't, that's not really the go-to size unless you've got a, uh, uh, it's, unless it's a hardback book or it's a book that has a lot of charts on it. Or it's a information book, but you, I, you really, if you go back to fiction, you really see a six by nine fiction book unless it's a hardcover with a dust jacket. It's usually five and a half, eight and a half, or five by five and a quarter by eight. Uh, so a lot of it's predicated on the genre and also the amount of text you have in your manuscript. Uh, I, I see a lot of uh, the trends going to a little bit smaller books. Some of the, actually, some of the business books uh, I've done lately have been five five and a half by uh, eight or five by eight, a little smaller. So they're they kind of, they're nice books that stick in your laptop or a purse when you're traveling or going somewhere. Mm -hmm. Trim size, trim size uh, generally, um, I mean, I think the universal size is five and a half by eight and a half. That's probably the size yes. that I do most, most books are. But I try mm -hmm. to shy people away from get doing a six by nine in a soft cover. It's usually, especially in fiction. Well, then, you know, we're talking. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that I know that you, um, between you and I, we kind of start shifted to the even smaller size, like that snappy, sassy, salty, which is a really, a really little gift intimate is a four by six. But what I'm really kind of playing with is just five by seven. And I can't tell you 
how many authors to be I have in my office that when we I get out books from my shelves and we look at all the sizes, they are just really almost just gyrating toward that smaller size. Yeah, your uh, the, the series of books that we've done, uh, your guidebooks have been uh, all five by seven, and they work really well. They the thing is they they stand out in the pack. They uh, they yeah. they invite they invite the eye. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of amazing things you can do with a book like that. I would say if you're doing a uh, especially doing an information book or a self-help book or an inspirational book, that, that's a great size. It just looks unique against the, you know, the plethora of large-scale books. So, uh, uh, and they and they just great because you can carry them everywhere. Uh, and I know for and for snapping sass and salty, you know, that was a four by six. That that was a perfect size for a gift book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just very unique, very unique, and it stands like I said, they stand out. So it's something to consider when you're. When you're writing your book and you're envisioning your book, what, what, when I hold it in my hand, what is it, what is it, what's the size, what it's going to feel like, what is, you know, what is it going to do? So. Yeah, you know, one of the challenges, and I you know we have two minutes to our next break, but one of the challenges that I think about is when I pick up uh, some of the print-on-demand books, it's so, the binding is so tight, it's so tight that you have to crack it to open the book. Or sometimes I hurt my hands. Have you had that experience at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it, it was more so a few years back, getting a little bit better now. But I think, um, you know, I mean, that you get, you kind of, with print-on-demand, you get a little bit of everything. You get, sometimes you'll get something that is just absolutely amazing. You can't believe that you got the quality book you get. And then a lot of times it will go back to, like, this is what it was so, 10 years ago with print-on-demand. You're just, a, you know. The binding's poor, uh, it's tight, not glued well. Uh, oh, my gosh. But Nick, I had a situation. We are, one of our mutual clients is that she orders some print-on-demand, 10 books, three of them. Two of them were printed upside down, and one of them opened it, and the whole book fell apart. <laughs> the, those that are is, not you know, very good odds. <laughs> you know, that, that was more common about 10, 15, not, not say, I would say 15, 20 years ago. Uh, when there was just a total, a wild west, and to, but to see, see something like that happen now, well, it, it tells you also that it, it does happen, and yeah. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. 
At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book. A book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, our final segment, we're talking about how to make your book rock and roll and roll into the reader's hands and become a page turner. So you've got to do, you know, you all got to give the content. But we're talking about really having a beautiful looking book, which is what I, you know, if I have one attic, I've said this before, it's books. I'm addicted to books. So, and 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 I always like to talk to my designers because they're addicted to them too. So we have a lot in common. All right, Nick. So in our last, oh, 12 minutes or so, what kind of tidbits can we leave them with? Well, I think, uh, you know, just we were ending that segment on kind of dissing print on demand and, and mm-hmm. to, yeah. to be fair to them, you know, they, they are extremely busy uh, and they don't have, they probably don't have the quality control that uh, maybe small book printers do. But uh, keep in mind for most authors, there's always the option if you budget wise, if you go to a book printer, I just know a traditional book printer, which who we work with a lot uh, in the last few years. They offer a lot of bells and whistles that print-on-demand could never offer. Uh, we were just talking on, on the break about some uh, new techniques on cover design with raised varnish, or you can do uh, spot gloss to add an element of uh, glossiness on your cover if you're doing a matte cover. So if you want to go that route, there are many, many options that would make your book stand out. And you can see, you go to any bookstore and you can see that. You can see... Uh, an embossed finish on a cover. We did one with a with a teacher not too long ago uh, that came out stellar with his uh, cover with a mm-hmm. raised printing and a, mm-hmm. a spot gloss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I'm thrilled to say for Charles, he had his first order from Amazon was over 600 books. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, there's 
there are options for authors, not just with print on demand, but you investigate uh, book printers and the things that they can do. They what what they can do, they print on demand can't do is they can offer different paper. So if you've got a uh, picture book or a cookbook or a book that you want to have a little thicker paper or a different paper like a linen, they can offer those. Uh, covers can be uh, different. They can have different. Uh, I mean, they get paper from different paper mills everywhere, so you have other options to make your book stand out, especially if you've got a specialty book. Uh, so there, there you have that avenue to go with. But going back to what we first started out is that, you know, for authors to make that make that go-to list, what your tasks are, you know, go back to uh, or, or who, what am I publishing for? Who am I, who am I publishing for? Is it just for the family? Is it for a, a big, wide audience? Uh, what do I need to budget for? Who do who are the players in my on my team? You know, they're your editors. You've got your book designer, your cover designer. You've got a marketing person. Uh, you want to get your social media together. You want to? Do you need a book shepherd? Do you need somebody to oversee this project so that you know what your platform is? Uh, all those things that you can map out as a game plan. So when you get your manuscript is done and it's handed back to you from your editor, you can approach the designer. And and say, can you start the ball rolling with design? Well, you know, here's what I feel, and um, I'm going to um, circumvent that a little bit. I think that the designer needs to be involved earlier on in the process. Um, so, and those elements in place, and especially, especially if an author wants to seek uh, let's say the, I'm going to just use the word legitimate or no, the more well-established, that's a better word. The more well-established book reviewers, like whether it's, you're not going to, don't waste your time with publishers weekly, but if you want to go to book life and if you want to go to forward mag, you know, forward reviews, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you want to reach out to Kirkus, you need to have the cover, the cover three to four months beforehand. Three to four months before you think you're going to be publishing your book, because that's what their timeline is. And so that's why, you know, I, I, I want to see, have the conversation as soon as I get a new client in, you know, I'm on the phone with the designers to introduce them so they know what the title is we're working with and they can start thinking. Yes, it's never too soon to start thinking. About it. I mean, that should be the first thing. First, first of all, it puts a face to the project. It gives you an end goal, uh, mm -hmm. but then you've got all those elements that you discussed about getting book reviews. Uh, uh, maybe you're uh, trying to get it published from some, you know, a literary agent, whatever. Uh, getting it on social media, getting your teasers going, getting, getting pre-sales. All those things come into come into to uh, time when you're doing that. So a book cover is the first thing. Even when your book is, you know, being, you know, you're still writing the end chapter or something. So. That's a good. There's never too. It's never too soon to start on that. So, uh, yeah, I agree with that. And the other thing is, you know what? It, it's it's like a carrot dangling in front of you too. If you've got that yep. cover starting to work on, and then you, I mean, I tell people to print it out, put it up, and and look at it. Just said, it, yeah. Yeah, and, and then you know what? Put it in your email signature, and you put author of the forthcoming blah 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 blah. Yep. And and it just. That's right. It's a good motivator. All right, Nick, we've got about here five minutes. So what else can we add on? I would think, uh, you know, um, 
there are a lot of little elements all along the way, you know, getting ISBN numbers and Library of Congress numbers, but a designer can help you with those things. Uh, your editor can help you with those things. A, a, a manager can help you with those things. But I think keep in mind that, um, you know, go back to the beginning here is that there are a lot of books being published. Your goal should be, how do I stand out? What do I, what makes my book stand out? So you, you, uh, you do your investigative work. You really find out what's out there, what you can, what you can make your cover, your book look better than those books. Uh, that's the, that should be your goal as a, as an author and a publisher. So I, I think getting that game plan intact, in writing it down, you may, you may add elements, you may cross off elements as you go along, but you know, if you've got that book cover on the wall, that's an incentive to finish your book. It's an incentive to, uh, uh, get the rest. Maybe it's incentive to start the second book uh, or the third book. So do that. But I think it's uh, planning it out now is the best thing. You know, playing, making a two, three month goal uh, of uh, getting tasks done, and you will not be stuck at the end and with a big log jam of things to do where you're overwhelmed and then you're discouraged by the process because it's a joyful thing to finish a book and even more joyful to hold a finished product in your hands. Well, you know, Nick, I'm going back to the book that you and I did called Author You, and I will I, I will tell everyone that this book was originally done in the old-fashioned. It was going to be a six-by-nine. Do you remember that, Nick? The original author oh, yeah. mm-hmm. was a regular nonfiction book. And I went to, I, I just went to a lecture um, an hour, and I came back, and I called Nick, and I said, I have an idea. <laughs> and and Nick had already laid the book out, everyone. He had already done it. And I said, I have an idea and maybe to do some other stuff. And and Nick was so patient with me and he was so quiet for about 15 seconds. And then he said, I think that can work. Do you remember that conversation? Well, I do because it was in my office down, you know, my old office. And I was yeah. thinking, gosh, I'll have to redo it. And what do I do? But the, yeah. the reconception of that book made a big difference. Yeah. It 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 it, actually, yeah. it created a whole new brand actually, out of it. It did one yeah won multiple awards and it stood out totally yeah. different. It really it's really changed it changed the way we did move move forward doing books too. Yeah, there was no question. I mean, it dominoed and affected a lot of people, not just you and me in the process. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that it, it's important for all of you and Nick. I'd love to have you kiss on this. These two things, we haven't mentioned really series and how you incorporate that in that cover design so there is a uh, family feel. And also, um, the whole concept of what book covers can do with branding. Yes, I mean, series series are really special. I'm actually working on multiple series with multiple authors right now. So it's you really want to get a, there's a consistency that you want in your feel. Uh, and, and if it's a series title, you, you actually are doing a logo type for the series itself that goes spans the entire book series. So it, whether where that's you know incorporated on the cover itself on top or on the bottom, you uh, you do that. But but then you you subsequently are designing the covers to not be identical, but to be very very similar. Whether they have muted tones in your photographs, or they have a vintage feel, or if we're doing a, like lately we've been doing a series of thrillers. Uh, they have dark, foreboding covers with uh, uh, very kind of blurry-looking images that suggest turmoil and stuff like that. So series series are, are can be challenging, but they are very rewarding because it, basically what you're doing is you're branding. You're branding mm-hmm. your first book into your third book. 
So branding, that's what branding is about, making a consistent look. So when you've got them on the shelf, the spine, the spines out there, it looks the, the colors, the spine may be different in terms of color, but they have the same graphic elements so that you, at a glance, you know that you're looking at a series of, you know, a series of books on uh, crime or adventure or fantasy, something like that. Well, so, you know, uh, branding is important. Yeah. It is. Well, look, look where the sheepy guys came from. Um, and that was from that very yeah. book where we had to terminate the illustrator because she just didn't get it. And and then Don Seidel came in with the sheepy guys. And my God, they took over all my books. I mean, they've taken everything over. It's stunning. <laughs> you, would think, you would think they were rabbits instead of sheep, but they were, uh, they were everywhere. But they were wonderful. Uh, oh yeah, and and you know what? People say they make me smile. So what can I say? We've got sheeping dances, yeah. they have hats. They they come back and next week. You know, I should say next week. The um, recently had a birthday week, and yeah. they showed up all week long doing weird things. So, <laughs> so all right, Nick. Thank Fantastic. you so much, so much for being with You're us. Welcome. Great information, everyone. Find out about Nick Graf and uh, Nick. NZ Graphics, Nick Zellinger, and his email is nickzellinger at gmail.com. You can go to his website, nzgraphics.com, and you can take a peek at some of his work, including you'll see some of my books up there. And um, and he just does a, a great job, and we're so glad to have you with us. For, since we've been on the air, Nick, you've been with us. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. All right. Take care. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week with another terrific show. Um, and as always, it's a good day to publish. So it's how you publish, where you publish, and the energy that you're going to put into it. I'm Judith Bryles, your book shepherd. I'll be back next week. part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles